0: Hey, 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 Bays! I'm back in the States. Yikes. (laughs) No, not yikes. Well, partial yikes. Um, But I am happy to be in my own bed. Um, As many folks know, I was in Trinidad for mm, 18 days and then I was in Panama for one day. Now I'm back in Chicago and still experiencing a bit of culture shock. But I'm happy to be in my regular recording space in the crib In my room Just feeling the vibes Carrying the Caribbean energy with me still So, you know, sit back and relax We're about to drop this intro And get into the show Yeah, we're gonna have a cute little show today We have a cute show every Wednesday, right? Yeah Alright, let's get into it Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast Ayy All you need is a little juju
1: All you need is a little juju All you need is a little juju All you need all you need, all you need is a little juju, all you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't for no say no And I'll never give a play. I'll take your photos to the grave. But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads, pray I just pour a little honey from a babe To make them stay Cause I hate when Bailey's But I manifest a little with my Bailey's I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me
0: Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast This is the podcast all about black ass I repeat, black ass <laughs> I feel like Diamond Styles from um, from Marsha's Plate She like sings in the beginning and goes, let's get started So I, I felt that in my spirit, so I had to shout, shout out to Diamond um, Anyway, welcome to A Little Juju Podcast Yes, this is a black ass spiritual ancestrally grounded podcast, all about finding our gifts, manifesting our gifts, manifesting our realities, and trying to reach freedom, trying to reach liberation, trying to create and curate the world that we deserve to live in as Black people. Again, I recognize that more than Black people listen to this podcast. I can't filter that. I can't do really anything about that at this point. Um, I think that Obviously, this podcast speaks to a lot of people, which is why I recognize that my listeners of all, all are of all races. But just as a FYI, I am generally speaking to and centering black people because I am a black person. I'm a black woman. And the spiritual traditions that I talk about are African centered and black and beautiful and melanated. So just so we're clear, you know what I'm saying? Just so we're clear. Um, but hi y'all, I'm Juju, your host I, I am actually excited to be recording I'm, I am excited to be back, you know, on my bed Doing what I do and talking into the mic Because I really didn't want to record when I was in Trinidad I, I didn't and I forced myself to that one little episode But I was really trying to be present and I think I was And so I'm, I'm just coming back into the States changed Y'all, I am not the same I'm forever changed because of my trip because I felt so much love, so, so, so much love. Um, so it was really, really, it was really good. Um, I just have never felt so warm and fuzzy and cuddly and free ever in my life. Just from being at Carnival, which I talked about a little bit at um, in the previous episode. Or just like make, making friends and like trusting, being able to trust people that you're around and people looking out for each other in this way that I just normally don't experience. Um, Yeah, I don't. And and that I don't see often. (sighs) Because I don't feel like it's as embedded, like this culture, this like care culture is as embedded in the States as it is abroad. Um, I think because a lot of the ways that white domination and perversion have tainted um, and touched like black folks in... In the States, but blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, I, I just really am, I'm happy to be back and happy to just produce more content and and good shows and all of the great things. I am though, y'all, I am thinking about making this a bi-weekly show or I'm thinking about doing seasons. So in a seasons framework, I would put out, you know, X amount of shows and then it would, I wouldn't put out any more shows until the next season. Um, because it is hard to do a weekly... It, it's hard to do a weekly show and, and do it by myself. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there so y'all aren't shocked when I when I maybe make that announcement. But I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking through it. Let me know what, how y'all feel about that. Um, yeah, but anyway, back to Trinidad. <laughs> I... So... I didn't say this before. I was supposed to leave Trinidad three days before I actually left. Why is it? Was I not able to leave on the day I was supposed to leave on March 16th? Because Trump, President 45, 45, he grounded this particular aircraft that had previously it was crashing. It wasn't a safe aircraft, allegedly. So I think other countries have been grounded this plane. And so 45 then decided to ground the plane as I was about to board. So, um, the flight was canceled. And so I had to rebook a a new flight and I was flying with American and with American, they use a lot of the specific aircraft that basically I feel like was recalled. So, um, with American, American was like, we don't have no planes until the end of March. So we can't do anything else for you. And I'm like, So I got to stay in Trinidad to the end of March just because y'all, just because you need to figure it out. I ended up going with a different airline, Um, even though I would have stayed in Trinidad to the end of March. Let's be very clear. But I start my readings officially, you know, tomorrow. Um, I record on Sundays, so I start my readings tomorrow, Monday. And so I'm like, I can't stay in Trinidad. Like I can't, I don't feel like reaching out to all those people, telling them to download WhatsApp <laughs> or some other app so we can communicate while I'm abroad. I just feel like that was doing too much. And I felt like I was being a little bit selfish trying to stay that long. Like I just needed to enjoy, take my trip the, the days that I got, come home and, and hit the ground running so that's what I did. I had to buy a whole new flight. So then I had to go to Panama. I bought a flight through Copa Airlines because it was like the most affordable. Um and I did get reimbursed for my American flight. Just, yeah. So with Copa Airlines, I had to fly from Trinidad to Panama. I had a 12-hour layover in Panama. So I got a hotel. And then I would be in Chicago. So during the 12-hour... Uh, well, during the waiting for the flight to Panama, I met someone um, I made a friend. I made two friends, two black women. And they were so sweet and nice. And they were like, we're going to party in Panama. You want to come with us? I'm like, bet. I got a hotel. Y'all want to get ready in the, in the hotel because they didn't get one. We're like, bet. So I met them. They came to the hotel. Like, we're just vibing. Like, we just been friends forever. We go out party. I didn't like Panama that much, though. The vibe was weird. It just felt like, it just felt like Colonization and I mean I've never Been anywhere that hasn't been colonized Before but it just felt so Different in the ways that my body was perceived There and I've noticed In a lot of Spanish speaking countries as a Black person I mean Anti-blackness is global and I just It feels and looks and sounds different In Spanish speaking countries Like in Cuba I felt it In Panama I felt it OD oh, OD oh, like Cuba I felt it A little bit Panama I felt it OD oh, Spain I felt it um Like, I was propositioned for sex. Like, you're just automatically viewed as someone who, like, wants to have sex. Um, And I just couldn't get with it. It was just real, it was just a little too white. It was just, like, Spanish white. (laughs) And I I didn't love it. So I had fun because of who I was with. But I never really need to go to Panama again. But let me just say, actually, no, let me not say that maybe if I met some Afro Panamanians and maybe if I went to places that I felt more comfortable, which I didn't know where those places were, I was only there for a layover. It would have been a different experience, but I, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling the vibe at all. Um, but it was cool. I'm definitely missing the outdoors. I'm missing being around like black and brown folks, like exclusively from Trinidad. I'm missing the food, The just the just the energy is just it was a little bit more lively and it was just more energetic than I feel like where I am now. So it kind of just makes you think like, well, why do I live where I live now? And do I have to live here? And is it important for me to live here? Like, I don't know. I don't know. So that's sort of just what I've been thinking through. Um, But let's get into this. This show um, let's talk about how you can help sustain this podcast of mine. All you need is a little juju. So, this podcast is 100% produced, edited, written, everything by me. <laughs> and um, it's great, but it's also a lot of labor. It's a lot of work. It's, um, I wouldn't say a lot of, well, it is. It's, it costs money to do this. And so I ask for um, donations. I asked for people to help su- support um, this work that I'm doing. And I asked for that in different ways. So the first way that you can donate to this podcast to help me continue to do this work is through Patreon. And so on patreon.com backslash Bay, you're able to donate up to... Th- Well, not up to, but I ask for $3 a month. That's $36 a year. You can donate more than $3 a month or less than $3 a month. It's up to you. But it's a a, a consistent way to give money to the podcast. And I appreciate everyone who is a a supporter of Patreon. I'm going to shout y'all out in one second. The second way to donate is through Cash App. If you just want to do a one-time donation, So my cash app is um, dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. So dollar sign, it's Jujube. And then I also have a PayPal for one-time donations. And that is thejujube at gmail.com, my email. So I have one patron this week. And that's very exciting, actually. So I get to, because I get to send big, big love to a person. So Drea Jones. I want to say thank you for being a patron to A Little Juju Podcast. Drea, you are helping me continue to do this work. I thank you for believing in me. I thank you for um, also just donating money consistently to me, like making a commitment and sharing the energy of money with you. So I want to share the energy of money with you right back. And so may this money that you're donating to me come right back to you tenfold, um, to be able to go towards what you believe in and go towards your work and the things that you want to manifest and achieve and boom. And so it is, you'll get that money. I'm feeling it for you. Um, so thank you, Drea. I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, shout out all my patrons. I have more patrons then i mean i'm just i'm blessed i'm blessed and i'm blessed by y'all because y'all take care of me and so i just want to continue to take care of y'all so thank you thank you thank you um so the money generally goes towards god anything that has to do with the podcast and and or my spiritual work this podcast is a part of my spiritual work um it goes to different equipment that i need it is going to towards um hopefully saving to help pay somebody to help me edit and produce this show because it is becoming a lot. Um, Just so many different things that I need for this podcast to help with. And um, your support and money really does a lot for me to be able to continue to do those things and to continue to be able to put out content, um, to continue to be able to not get burned out when I have like some funds coming in that help support me do the work. So if you believe in it, if you believe in me, those are some great monetary ways to help support the work. Otherwise, I need to say this really, 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 really like, hold on, just, okay. Please write reviews on Apple Podcasts If you are listening on the Apple podcast platform, I need you to pause the episode right now. Go on over, sign up, Sign in your Apple ID and do all of that and go to a little juju podcast under Apple Podcast and write a review. Rate the show five stars. Hold on, I'm gonna give y'all a second too. I'm gonna let y'all do it. Be quiet. Okay, so you've had enough time to go and write your review. You all always send me really, really lovely. Um, messages in my email and really, really lovely DMs about how you love the show, how your ancestors love the show. Let people know, let people know who are looking for podcasts, who are looking for some witchy content, black spiritual content. Um, And so write a review, please. That would be really, really helpful for me. And that is another way to help support me in this work that's not monetary. It's just writing a review. Five star ratings only, please. And, um, yeah, I also have a book donation list. All of these things will be in the show notes. So don't worry. But those are the ways that you can help sustain this work. Tell people about me, tell people about the podcast, book a reading with me, I am a medium, I am a diviner. I work with ancestors, I work with your ancestors and mine to have a little conversation about your life. So, I mean, that's another way. I mean, that money just helps pay my bills, (laughs) which keeps me alive and have my basic needs met. So having my basic needs met is also (laughs) really important in (laughs) helping sustain the podcast because if my basic needs aren't met, this podcast will not be happening. So um, if you support the work, I I really encourage you to just um, help me help you help each other, help the world, help the ancestors. Help the Juju gospel be spread um, by rating and subscribing and donating or whatever it is that you feel led in your heart to do. So I thank you. And let's move on with the show. Let's go to our segment of Heal Yourself. And I'm excited about this Heal Yourself today.
1: All you need is a little Juju.
0: So Heal Yourself is the segment where uh, we talk about Juju-related tips and tricks to better heal ourselves holistically. And so today's Heal Yourself actually comes from an article that I came across by um, Ifa Michelle, also known as Iya Otaniwe, who is an LCSW LCSW and certified holistic life coach and also clearly a priest. So she wrote a really great article called Before You Sit on the Met, Mental Health Issues to Consider Before Divination. And so, um, the mat is in reference to, um, any five specifically when you're having a reading in person, um, traditionally you are going to a mat, like sitting on the floor on a mat, like usually a straw kind of mat while the reader kind of reads you or throws obi or whatever, um, divination tool that they're using. But So going to the mat is like going to get a reading, going to, yeah, going to get a divination. I'm going to consult spirit through, you know, a medium or middle person to do that work. So this, it was a really good article because she kind of broke down like the importance of not relying solely on spiritual work to get yourself completely right. Like it works in tandem with doing the other work that you're supposed to do, which I believe I've talked about on here. Um, like last episode, I talked about the Calabash. So like the bottom of the Calabash is the physical realm. The top of the Calabash, the Calabash is a plant, by the way. It looks like a coconut. The bottom is the physical realm. The top of the Calabash is the spiritual realm. So if you crack them in half, you don't have a full Calabash. And we want a full we want a full plant. We want a full fruit. We want a full Calabash. And so that means to have a full Calabash that we have to do the physical work. We have to make sure that we are doing the things that are needed, um, To get our lives together. And on top of that, if we are not grounded spiritually, we're not going to be able to go super far. And in reverse, if we're just doing the spiritual stuff and only like allowing spirit to take over our bodies and not putting in the actual work that spirit actually needs us to do to be able to manifest all of the things, then we're, again, not going to go super far. And so these are some things to just keep in mind before you're doing divination, before you're, and even before you're immersing yourself into spiritual work, some things that you need to think about. So, um, her list, uh, yeah. So she has a list of just a few things and she starts off the article saying, there are several mental health conditions, diagnoses, and thought, pa- thought patterns or personality disorders that may Im- impede the effectiveness of a spiritual consultation or Orisha work. Divination and spiritual support will provide insight and clarity, but may not be able to solely and successfully assist individuals who persistently present with um, behaviors or conditions listed below. And so one thing I will say is that when I read through this, I thought it would be more like psychology based because she's kind of talking about mental health conditions and diagnoses and personality disorders. So she's not about to name personality disorders or like diagnoses, but more so I think this is around thought patterns and how people tend to show up and how showing up in these ways might impede your spiritual work or it will actually make your spiritual work look like it's not working. And so the first thing she lists is deep unresolved trauma. Um, And so it says, if one has not taken the steps to resolve trauma, one cannot fully benefit from external spiritual work. Trauma creates triggers. If triggers are not addressed, the dysfunctional behaviors will continue. So unless the work is done to retrain the brain and its responses to intrusive thoughts and flashbacks, external work may not be as effective. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So, you want to come to the mat, of course, but you also want to make sure that you are being honest about the things that have happened to you, um, the things that you know affect you, affect your ability to even be able to follow through with what spirit is telling you to do. So you want to make sure that you're, you're actively trying to heal your deep unresolved trauma and I think a good step is starting the spiritual work because it does it it will pull at that it does pull at the trauma and touch on it and tell you to talk about it and tell you to name it and you know spirit will bring that shit up so you have to be prepared for that um next persistent fear so to live in fear is not to live in purpose one cannot embrace the purpose and destiny predicted to them if they Constantly live in fear because fears present barriers. No Ebo, which is um, a sacrifice, no Ebo will be completely beneficial if the individual seeking assistance is not able to release the patterns of fear as well as explore underlying factors. So I've said before, I think it's okay to have fear. We are humans. We There's a lot of shit to be fearful of. But what I always say is that we have to move with the fear. We can't allow the fear to stop us from reaching our goals dreams desires etc so persistent fears if we're allowing it to block us we're not going to be able to go through with the sacrifices that we need to make to be able to do the work that we need to do and walk in alignment with our destinies so before coming to the mat make sure that you're you're coming if you're coming with fear that's okay but bring fear with you so that you can do what you need to do to live better The next she has on the list is trust issues. So what she says here is trust issues. Distrust is generally rooted in a lack... Oh, distrust is generally rooted in a lack of trust of self. Without trust of self, it is impossible to trust others, much less a higher power. These are individuals who consistently question the motives of godparents, don't follow through on the ebos. So like what spirit is saying that needs to happen, the prescription, the sacrifice. And Ilehat, which is basically joining a bunch of different spiritual houses um, because of distrust. So uh, with that, with those trust issues, makes it difficult to be consistent in your practices, to be consistent in your spiritual community and follow through on your commitments. Because when you're doing divination, you're getting the prescription, you are making a commitment to yourself to like wanting to better your circumstance. You're making a commitment to your ancestors. You're making a commitment to your spirits. And you can making a commitment to like your spiritual community if you are in an ILE or in a house. And so those deep-seated trust issues really having to parse through where those come from. Because this, you know, many ATRs, African traditional religions and spiritual practices are about community. They are deeply, deeply centered in community. Community is important it is necessary to be able to do this work. It is necessary to be able to heal. It is, it is necessary. Our people are necessary. This is not journeys that we take alone, even though we all have unique destinies. So trust issues really will get in the way of you, you know, seeking spiritual work and the spiritual work's effectiveness. So next on the list, we have difficulty engaging with others. So social anxiety and awkwardness make it difficult for some to be a part of community are a part of a community group or elay, And these folks may present as uh, inconsistent and may, be, and may seem to lack commitment uh, when in reality they may just be overwhelmed by people and people interaction. So I feel like difficulty engaging with others. This is a good point for people who have spiritual houses or people who are a part of spiritual communities to, and priests and Babalaos and Iyas and, and, and whatever, Mambos to keep in mind with your own godchildren. Um, and with own, with other people who are trying to learn from you. And I mean, even I guess for me, um, as a diviner, recognizing that some people have social anxiety so that they might not be so forthcoming in, in letting me know things that are going on in their life. Um, which in my case makes the divination easier when they kind of are talking about things that they're trying to work through. But keeping in mind, like everyone is not, is coming to this at different points and people also have social anxiety and it's difficult to to interact and engage and talk about these like really difficult things that often come up in divination. So I feel like that was a good one for people who are doing the work as, as elders to keep in mind. Next, we have challenges accepting responsibility or relinquishing control. So these are typically folks who experience issues surrounding control and are unable to relinquish it They desire help, but then want to determine how the help must look and where it comes from. They experience difficulty embracing a concept of divine timing. And then I'll also ask, or like, or divinity at all. So there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out their spiritual practices. I also think that relinquishing control is a real ass thing that a lot of people struggle with, whether you know it or not. And it's really difficult, even for me, to sometimes accept responsibility. For the things that have happened in my life. For some of those things. Um, because I think it's so much easier to to blame external forces and to blame the universe and blame our parents and blame it. And, and some of them do need to be blamed. Let's be very clear. But also, we have ourselves to blame sometimes. And so we have to take responsibility to so where we have messed up. And... You know, when you when you're coming to the mat, you're saying that you you're accepting responsibility. But some people have difficulty doing that and they don't want to surrender control or they don't understand why is spirit telling me I got to take non-spiritual baths, you know, with with hyssop and ruin and, and angelica root and rose petals. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to I want you to make sure that I get this new job. I didn't come about that other stuff. And people people do that a lot. And so if you have control issues and relinquishing control, you need to really take a deep breath and breathe that in and exhale that right out before you come to the mat. Because a lot of this work is about you taking responsibility and allowing spirit to work. Let spirit do the work. You can't tell spirit how to work. Cause spirit going to work how spirit works? Okay, a couple more. Oh, actually, just one more. Right. Okay, so this is the last one. So the last point that she makes is those who rely on the God outside of themselves. Mm. Those who rely on the God outside of themselves. So she states, if one is unable to connect with the God within, it may present obstacles throughout their spiritual journey. The work with the creator, the supreme, the divine, whatever you want to call them, and external forces is increasingly effective when it, it is able to match the divine power within Belief in such will ultimately connect both powers and create movement and evolution. And I also want to add to that expansion. So those who rely on the God outside of themselves, meaning we all have divinity and we are all made from the limbs of a creator of a supreme, of a power, of an energy, whatever you want to call it. We are all made from that, that created the stars and the moon and the trees and the land and the world and the waters. Like how beautiful is that? We are a part of that. And so that that means that all those beautiful external things that we see within nature also live within us. And so... You have the power within yourself to create your reality and to manifest your reality. Like you have to believe that. You have to believe that there is a God that is you, that can that is a creator, that is a that can that can also manifest, that can also have a life that you deserve. And that you don't actually have to look anywhere else but inside first. I mean you look to your community, you look to your elders, you know, that's not in spirit that's not what i mean but you have to believe that you deserve and can create the life that you dream and want because you can otherwise that's going to make it difficult to follow through um on on the work so um that was her full list and i really appreciated it because it just helps keep in mind all of the things that often affect how people, what people get from readings, and how people understand the readings, and the work that people do, I think, so often as like elders and teachers and and diviners and mediums, you know, sometimes we even get frustrated. It's like, now I don't told you to do X, Y, Z. Why are you not doing it? And we get frustrated. We don't, and sometimes it's like we don't even want to work with people anymore because they're not following through on the prescription. But it's good to actually, for me, to keep these things in mind, and keep in mind all the different ways that people are can present and come to the mat Um, because it's a big step to come to the mat. It's a big step to have someone look into your life and and to channel spirit. It's it's a big deal. And, um, but also I want you and we want you to get the best out of the experience. So keep some of these points in mind before you're stepping into divination or while you're in divination or after the divination If you're feeling like the spiritual work that you're doing isn't isn't working, then maybe there's some other things you have to think about. Like, do you trust yourself? Are you trusting of others? Do you trust the diviner? Um, You know, do you have deep unresolved trauma that's not allowing you to push, you know, push some limits and some boundaries that spirit does require us to do? Are you not walking with your fear? Um, So, yeah, I appreciate if i Michelle for this. And again, I just want to read through it. Um, Before you come to the mat, things to keep in mind, your deep unresolved trauma, persistent fears, trust issues, difficulty engaging with others, challenges accepting responsibility or relinquishing control, and those who rely heavily on the God outside of themselves. So I hope that this was helpful for people who might be considering readings or people who are already been engaged in spiritual work for a long time, but not feeling like you're getting the full benefits You're going to get the full benefits when you see your life as a calabash broken into and that you want to put the calabash back together. That is the physical work that you need to do and the spiritual work that you need to do together in tandem as one, one energy, one, one universe, one experience, one existence. Um, so I hope that that was helpful. I really appreciated that. And, um, yeah time for the next segment shout out to ifa michelle and i will leave this article in the show notes for folks who just want to take a look all you need is a little juju so today's topic is such an important topic and i actually came into this episode not knowing exactly what i wanted to talk about i just wasn't sure i have a lot of things just swirling around in my head and yeah, I didn't know. So I, I reached out to a friend of mine, Jerea, and I was like, I don't know what to talk about on the podcast today. And she was like, you know, you should talk about depression. You should talk about, you know, your altar getting dusty because you're sad and, you know, you're supposed to cook for your ancestors, but you can barely cook for yourself, you know. You're supposed to clean your altar so it doesn't look a mess, but you can barely clean your room. You can barely clean your your body, barely clean yourself and how that can hinder and how it affects our spiritual work and our spiritual selves. And I was like, damn, that's bomb. Thank you. Like, clearly that is what I needed to talk about. It just resonated so hard for me. And um, I also feel like, and she also said this after I recorded the, the heal yourself segment. So, it feels like it all just came together in this way that you know maybe maybe I need to talk about this, so I do want to have a larger conversation around mental health and and spirit work, so I have dealt with depression off and on, major depressive disorder off and on since probably kindergarten first grade um it has really um hindered my life in a lot of ways I mean I was I was a depressed child for a long time. I have had multiple suicide attempts um I'm sorry if this is a lot trigger warning I am gonna get get into it um uh, multiple suicide attempts self-harm. All of that, and I've been doing self harm for a really long time, like since I was young. Like before I saw it on TV or knew people were doing it, I would just hurt myself. And so I feel like I go so hard in this spiritual work and go so hard for ancestors and and, and altar work and divinations and all of that because I it has saved me. It, it has saved my life. So, and, and I actually would say that I do not have depression anymore, or at least I don't now. My, my depression is normally, um, something normally happens, and then I'm depressed for a while. And then once I get through that, then I'm not depressed anymore. But my depression is usually offset by a situation, more or less. And then I also have Really, really painful um, Stories around my trauma Um, I have a lot of trauma A lot of us have a lot of trauma Sexual trauma Abuse, violence Um, I was robbed In a very traumatic way In college Um, Yeah, just And I think suicide attempts Are traumatic in their own way And so I I feel like this work is what has grounded me. And this work is what has made me realize that like we were talking about earlier, like having a God within myself has made me realize that I actually am loved. It has made me realize that the universe does not work against me, but for me and that I have just worked against it. I have worked against love. I have not, accepted love in my life. I did not believe that I was worthy of love. And so these are all things that I still have to grapple with and work through and cry about and heal from. But my ancestors make it possible for me to do that. And so that's why I offer like the the spiritual work to y'all so much and like the altar work so much because like I said, I feel like a walking testimony. Yeah, I feel like a walking testimony. Because I wouldn't be here I I truly believe that I would not be here If it was not for me Settling in to the spiritual work That I'm supposed to be doing And if it wasn't for me building my altar So I mean so many of us have just experienced Just wild ass shit You know things that we've seen Things that we've done Things that we're not proud of Things that we've allowed to happen to us and things that we had no control over happening to us all affect how we show up and all affect how we show up in our spiritual work. And a lot of people ask this question, they're like, well, well it's two things. They'll say, I have an altar, but I don't keep it up. It looks a mess right now. It's dusty. It's what have you, because I just, I'm depressed. And I don't want to go to my ancestors' When I'm depressed and it's hard for me to get up and clean the altar, it's hard for me to get up and and clean, period. It's hard for me to feed my ancestors because I'm not feeding myself. And I just want to say that that is valid as hell. Um, My depression showed up in me not eating as well and also me not wanting to shower, like at all um well it manifested in different ways but that was one way so I understand that and I also didn't have an altar during one of my phases of deep depression I did have an altar I shouldn't even say it was deep depression my depression looked different after I built my altar like it didn't even if I experienced like depressive symptoms now they do not feel the same and I don't believe that I'm unworthy and I don't believe so maybe it's just not depression maybe I think I just experienced sadness now I do experience deep sadness but not depression but I just want to say like I understand like having an altar and then you are going through um your period of depression or whatever mental health um, issue that you might be dealing with um and so it makes it hard to remain consistent in your spiritual work because it's hard to make consistent in anything because you're just trying to get by And that's real. Um, I think that you should not feel, though, ashamed to go to your people. Because I'll hear folks say, like, I can't feed them because I'm not feeding myself. Okay, that's cool. Well, if you ever eat a little snack, you can always put a little snack there. If you ever do feel like you need to get your head out of, like, or, like, getting something, like, getting out of the dark cloud that you're in. You can walk right on over to your altar and, like, put your mind. Like, I know when I was depressed, like, I just needed my mind to be on other things for a while. And, like, I was okay in enjoying a moment. Like, I could enjoy things. Like, I wasn't, I was depressed all the time. <laughs> I was depressed. And I got used to it because I've been depressed my whole life. So, it was a norm. um So, I got used to it. So, I was able to go out and still enjoy myself. I mean, when I come home, I'm still going to go back to old I'm, I'm still going to feel like shit. But, like, I can kind of feel like shit and enjoy myself. Or, like, I can kind of feel like shit and go to a talk or, or something like that. um Or talk on the phone and, like, enjoy myself. So, if you're one of those people who are depressed and look for distractions, specifically if you look for distractions that are negative, like, for me, I also found distractions in alcohol. I found distractions in weed. Hella in weed. Weed is, was, like, my shit. Weed is my shit now, but different relationship. Um, I recommend f- letting your ancestors be the distraction, letting cleaning your altar be what you're doing for the day. That's not like in your, in your dark cloud bubble. And to like, you don't have to feel ashamed for, going to your people when you are not in a good mood. You do not have to be in a good mood to go to your altar. You do not have to be in a good mood to build an altar. You do not have you can be depressed. You can come as you are truly, not in the ways that people so often told us in church to come as we are, but they actually really didn't want us to come as we were. No, you can actually go to your altar as you are. That is sad, depressed, unshowered, irritable you can go there in my moments of of depression or or even just deep sadness and I just want to sulk I go sulk right with my ancestors I grabbed a little pillow because all I wanted to do was lay down I grabbed a pillow and a comforter and laid down just right in front of my altar and cried and just cried 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 you know you do not have to be ashamed to cry in front of your people because they see you crying regardless. You know, they're with us regardless and, and comforting us regardless. But when you're in front of that space that you have set aside in your home and designated it for like your your wonderful, beautiful, loving spirits to be present, it's good energy to go and just let it out there so that, you know, big mama in heaven can love up on you and you'll feel it, you know, that your, that your papa gonna help you get through it. Because in those moments of of deep feeling, like when we are depressed or in what or whatever mental health thing we're experiencing, it's because we're feeling shit hella deep. And so going to your altar when you're actually in a space of feeling shit hella deep will help you feel the goodness that they're trying to show you, will help you feel the love, hopefully, that they're trying to show you. Or if anything, it'll just help you get it out and cry, like sleep in front of your altar if you can. If you have a space for that. Um, but don't feel like you need to be ashamed because of how you feel. Our ancestors accept us for how we come. So, But, you ha- but the thing is that, is that you have to go to them. You have to ask for help. So ask them to help you, guide you through this process of healing. Help to unearth and heal some of the traumas. Lead you to the people that you need to be led to. Cut off the people that you don't need to be with. Cut off the things that you might be allowing to continue to harm you and hurt you and hurt your heart and hurt your spirit. And ask your ancestors to help bring you out of those, you know, those those emotions and those feelings. In tandem with doing the physical work. In tandem with therapy if you need to do that. In tandem with Um, some exercise helps people or just like moving for endorphins, you know, in tandem with that, they're here to support you and they will guide you through and to the people, places and things that you need to be around in order to best heal yourself. But don't be ashamed because you have, you're dealing with mental health stuff and you also want to build a relationship with your ancestors no reason to you build you can still build your altar you can still if any I I just I just want to say that because so many people have reached out to me a brown not wanting to build their altar or not taking care of their ancestors so they took their ancestor altar down because they weren't able to to uh, take care of it which makes sense that does make sense I feel like if your spirit is guiding you to take your altar down I mean I guess you follow I mean you follow that you follow your spirit but you can also have an altar and be a sad bitch and that's okay And use that as a tool. Your ancestor altar is a tool. A healing tool and a love tool. So use it. Your people love you to death. Oh my God, they love you so much. And I don't know. Just don't be ashamed. Go to them when you need to cry. And heal. Take your spiritual baths. Do the work that you need to do, but don't feel like your ancestors don't see you and are are not trying to love on you through the process. You are deserving of love and you have love. Whether you feel it or not, you have it. So believe that you have it first. Like that's our first step is like believing that we are worthy of living a better life and we deserve to live a better life and that the universe, again, is not working against us. Because it's not. It's not. We are a part of it. We are a part of it. And so don't be afraid to lean on your people. You're supposed to. I have posted a clip on Instagram once about Alice Walker talking about she leans on her ancestors all the time. Like she wouldn't be able to do the things or accomplish the things that she's accomplished if she didn't lean on her people. And so we have this resource to us that. We don't need to be initiated into anything. We don't need to go through any kind of ceremony. We don't need to do none of that to have a relationship with the people who made you up, who are around you and love on you and watch you. You don't got to do nothing extra to lean on your ancestors. Like they are literally there to help us. (laughs) Like our ancestors whole ass job is to help us live a better life. But we have to ask them for help and we have to lean on them when we need help. But know that they understand. They understand if you're not eating, how can you feed them? Most importantly, they're concerned around why you're not eating. Before you feed them, they want their baby to eat. You know, traditionally, if you're not going through some type of crisis or something and you have access to water and soap, you normally are want to go. You normally want to go to your ancestor altar, teeth brushed and clean in some way. Traditionally, your ancestors understand though if you go to the altar and you're not cleaned, you know, and your breath stinks. They understand that because they know exactly what you're going through, and all they want is for you to lean onto them. They want you to cry. Y'all don't know how many times I have cried at my altar. Y'all don't know how many times I have broken down to this day. Not because of my depression. Mostly because of my anxiety. Which is like damn near debilitating half the time. This altar work is what keeps me together. It, it, It is what keeps me together. If I did not have it. I don't know what I would do. It has been such a a powerful, powerful tool. And for the most part, I mean, after you build it, it's free. You know, it's not, it's just some deep healing that happens when you're at your altar that just will not happen and cannot happen in other spaces. That lineage healing is some of the deepest, some of the deepest healing I've ever felt. And so I want people to be able to do that work like this. Spiritual work is about healing at the end of the day. It is about healing. This is a healing journey. So if you're not committed to your healing, then it's not going to benefit you in the ways that it may a person who is actually committed to wanting to feel differently. And wanting to feel better, but this isn't like, I'm not saying that to say, um, I don't know. I don't know how that came off, but I I don't want that to come off as like, you're choosing your depression and because you're not committed to healing. Like most people who are depressed don't want to feel depressed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm also talking to people who, um, right now want to do the spiritual work And they, they think it's interesting And they believe in it and they think it's cool But like they're they have completely taken out the concept Of healing from that process They're just like well I want to be able to Secure my bag I want to be able to get money I want to be able to be in a good relationship I want to be able to At the core of all of those things You have to be a healthy person You have to be committed to getting your mind right And your spirit right You know and it gets so deep because some of us... Depression comes from a lot of different things. It can come from trauma. It can come from brain things. And different and chemicals in the brain. And serotonin levels. And it can also come from spirits. It can come from somebody working a root on you. hexing. It can come from... Childhood abuse. I mean, it can come from so many different things. I mean, and your ancestors will help you flesh out what those things could be. Because some people, because I met, I know someone like this, um, are depressed. And she, and this person knows this too. Um, we had a conversation about it and divination confirmed it. But literally is experiencing a lot of depression mainly because somebody hexed her. Like they hexed that the spirit of sadness and depression and having this person feel like they will never be shit onto them. And so with the proper, you know, work, spiritual work, it can actually be removed. Simply spiritual. work. It is because somebody probably buried her ass in a graveyard. Um, so there's so many reasons for why we feel how we feel. And traditionally, we had we had spiritual work as a part of our healing modalities. It was a part of the holistic way to take care of ourselves. Spirituality was not separate from our physical bodies, it was not separate from our emotions, it was not separate from our mental health, it was a part of it, it was infused in all of that. And so it's so important that as we're on our, our healing journeys that we do not forget to consult spirit. Whether that's one-on-one with your ancestor building, not whether, you have to do that. You have to do the the, the relationship building with your people and your ancestors and at your altar. Um, um, But also like wanting to join a spiritual house or wanting to get readings and divination so that you're on a specific, you feel like you're on the right path and making good decisions. um, Because that is how, I mean, that is in our DNA. Like people, like it, it's in our DNA to be inherently Spiritual people. Secularism is not our shit, y'all. Like spirituality is a part of everything that we do. Everything that we do. So when we're feeling off, do all the things that they say to do for self-care and medicines if you need that, whether natural or over-the-counter prescribed from a psychiatrist. But don't forget your spiritual health, because like I said, spirit can affect all of those things and, and feel like it's making us crumble. Because people out here, some people out here are depressed because some shit, some spiritual shit is on or they have a spirit around them, an actual spirit who is depressed that has latched onto them. Or they have a spirit that's latched onto them who is depressed and they have a chemical imbalance. But like we can work through the, the, the spiritual shit. Like if we, you know, if you're seeing someone about that in addition to your psychologist or psychologist, in addition to your life coach, in addition to being around the people that you know you need to be around and not being around people who take your energy from you. All of these things will help, but do not neglect the spiritual aspect and and then also do not neglect the other shit because there's there's just a myriad of reasons as to why we feel how we feel and so we have to uh, holistic we have to be holistic in the process in our healing processes you know I'm thinking about how you know we talk about intergenerational trauma and how so much of even the things that we feel and experience were just inherited things. You know, like I, like, how was a child, using myself in, as an example, depressed? Um, how was a child depressed since kindergarten? You know, like some of those things obviously were from experiences that I had as a child as a young child that I don't even cognitively remember but had to do with sexual violence I don't cognitively remember but I know that they happened like I don't remember in my like I can go to this memory and like pull that but like I know what happened to me at the same time some people call it infant memory so I, I mostly have called it visions and then confirmation via divination. So, but b- besides those things that I didn't cognitively remember at kindergarten, why else could I have been depressed? You know, and I think of the depression and the anxiety. Oof, my anxiety is bad, y'all. Whew, Lord. Um that shit was inherited. I was born and inherited anxiety. And at no fault of anyone, that shit was combed through my hair and it was in my food and it was in my house and pain is in my blood and trials and tribulations are in my, are in my bones. you know, sexual trauma, in my family did not start with me, you know, it's, it wasn't. Shit happens in cycles. Everything. And so. A big part of. This spiritual work is. Is really. Going back. Backwards in time. But really not even backwards. Because the shit is is present. It's here. But even having to do some healing work. From. For other people. And through lineages. Your own lineage. So that. Essentially, you're breaking curses. This work is about healing. And in the healing work, healing is breaking curses. And the things that we've inherited. So this work is deeply, deeply, very crucial in our mental health. It is crucial in our mental health. Um, I was actually... So I told you I made some friends um, in Panama... Well, in Trinidad, they were coming from Trinidad, going to Panama, and they had the 12-hour layover like I have. And um, one of the women that I met, she is in a doctoral program in L.A., and I can't... Ooh, I'm, like, opening my phone because I want to find... She's a psychologist. She's studying psychology. Oh, the, the title of what she's getting her degree in is a doctorate of community liberation eco-psychology, which centers indigenous medicine and which is like a more holistic approach to understanding psychology and healing. Of course, um, I think the school is called Pacifica. It's in LA. Of course, that's some LA shit. I don't know where else <laughs> that kind of class would be. It's definitely some LA shit. But I was like, wow, like there's a whole ass doctoral program around healing and including indigenous medicines and also spirit and you could get a degree in that? i was like whoa huh okay of course also of course I, that's who i would like link with <laughs> um a black woman doing that work on my way to paint from sure that but she was saying i was telling her that i'm a diviner and i use different divination methods to consult with spirit and she was like yeah i um In class, we talk about divination and we talk, you know, in psychology, you're talking about different types of modalities. There's tons of different modalities, meaning there's tons of different ways to go about your healing process that people have laid out and done research on. So that's like cognitive behavioral therapy is one modality and um, narrative therapy is one modality and humanistic approaches are one you know, way. And um, person-centered is another way. There's so many different types of psychology and modalities. But she was saying how divination, they study divination as a modality. And I just have never heard of that. Well, of course, I've heard of that because divination is a modality. And traditionally, like, that was a modality to be able to Less about diagnosing people, but more to give people insight into what's going on. That's absolutely a modality. Um, but for it to be taught now in 2019 at a whole graduate institution. And while on one page you're talking about um, fucking psychoanalysis and Sigmund Freud's problematic ass. And then on the next page you're talking about divination. That's, that's deep, y'all. That's deep. I mean, it could be also scary because it's like, who was teaching this? What kind of information? But she was saying that it was great. So I'm just like, wow, this work is starting to be recognized as like legitimate, which I mean, wow, because I think it might create access to more people. And that's great. But also like I Definitely don't need like white Western, you know, universities to legitimize something that my people have been doing for thousands and thousands and, um, and additional thousands of years. So not that, but it's, it is powerful. It is powerful. And also to kind of allow therapists and psychologists to, um, um, I don't know. I, I I think it does mean something where the, the, how we talk about healing now in 2019 is through therapy and it's through psychology. And so if we are trying to reinforce and, and embody this resurgence of African traditional religions and ways of even looking at life, it is a big deal that the primary healing modality that people go to, which is psychology is Starting to at least, even if it's just in like hippie town, LA, University, Pacifica, um, embody and embrace something that our people have been doing. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it because it, it just creates access because psychology is how people are healing. And so because we don't believe in secularism because secularism is just not a thing for us, including the spiritual components in in Western psychology, could be really powerful. Could be really powerful. I, well, I think it is really powerful. It's just how how do we want it to be used is 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 the bigger conversation. But I was very just surprised to hear that, and it also made me realize I've talked about on the show a lot that you know I. I Studied psychology in undergrad, and then I went to graduate school to get my doctorate in clinical psychology, and then I dropped out of that shit after a year and a half. <laughs> um, but it, it it makes me feel like you know I'm still doing the work, and I just had to go about doing it a different way at this point. Who knows? Maybe I will go back to school for, for psychology. But yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. So I say all that to say, um, these are tools. Your ancestors are, your and building an ancestor altar is a tool to heal. Before it is a tool to get the things that you want in life, like a relationship or a new car or a job, which which hoodoo and your spirits can bring all of those things. This work, this spiritual work is designed as a healing work and a healing tool. And so you should never, ever, ever feel ashamed or that you are doing something wrong by leaning on your people in moments of crises and moments of pain and moments of trauma and moments of wanting to release because that is all that I do <laughs> when I'm stressed out and anxious that it is crucial for me to lean on them it is crucial to my mental health because I wouldn't be able to sit here and record this show if I didn't let me tell you that because I don't even know if I'd be alive y'all it's that serious it is that serious. I mean, one day maybe I'll kind of get and talk about my story a little bit, but I've I've been through some shit. <laughs> and since I have started doing this work, I I um I don't feel how I used to feel. Like I I definitely still deal with debilitating anxiety in a lot of ways. But even that has lessened since since the altar work, since my ancestors, since joining any lay, since allowing the Orishas in my life um, and allowing other spirits into my life. I mean, I don't experience my mental health in the same ways. I just don't. And so let me be a testimony. <laughs> let me be a testimony to you because I, I want... You all to feel how I feel. If you're open to that. I want y'all to feel how I feel. And I never. Ooh, get emotional. I never thought I could feel like this, y'all. I never thought that I could wake up and not feel a sense of dread and pain. And agony and just wishing that I was dead. I just never thought that I could live a life and not feel like that. This is the first time ever in my life where if something bad happens to me, the first thing I want to do, my first thought isn't, well, I could just fucking kill myself and that would be it. That was my first thought all for my entire life. If anything was wrong, if anything happened, the first thing I was going to do was think about my suicide letter, write it out, and think about how I wanted to go. Or think about how I needed to hurt myself. My whole life. Now when something quote unquote bad happens or annoying or unfortunate that first of all that's not even a thought. I don't even think about that at all the harming myself or dying. like it has even just it has rewired my brain like my brain. Has been rewired from doing spiritual work. I'm also in therapy. I also try to fucking, I don't know, drink water. Like, I also try to do other things that make me feel good. But I was, I was in therapy. I've been in therapy since first grade, I think. Like, I, and I've never felt as healed or as possible as I have in this moment. And I found my therapist after I built my ancestor altar, and I found one that, like, follows my religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs and so it's been so good and even more helpful so I I just really want y'all to feel good like how I'm feel how I felt good because I've been I've really tried to be consistent and be consistent in oh my god what is going on be consistent in my spiritual work and in this journey and it's not gonna happen overnight either it is not a quick fix. Chain, you know, I saw a really good quote about this and naturally I don't know who posted it or where it was, but the sentiment was like, you're trying to unlearn and heal shit that happens. a long time ago before you were born that happened to your grandmother, that happened to your great, great grandmother that happened to your grandfather that happened to your lineage that happened during chattel slavery that happened before chattel slavery. Like you are trying to heal all of them parts that ain't going to take no day. That ain't going to take a year. It ain't going to take two years. It ain't going to take three years. It's a lifetime journey, but it is, a journey that is so worth it. Y'all, it's so worth it. Because when you heal yourself, you heal those gen- you heal that generational curse. You flip the switch off. And and your ancestors are the portal to be able to do that healing. They are the source that will help you heal and in turn heal them. So they are ready. They're ready and they're just waiting for you to lean. It's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a couple of days. You have to be patient with yourself. You have to be patient with yourself. You are trying to heal hundreds of years and thousands of years of pain. But the, but the healing is so powerful. You'll feel it. Trust. Trust me, y'all. You will feel it. Be patient with yourself on the journey, though, and do all the things that you got to do so you can be one whole calabash, physical stuff, spiritual stuff, and I trust that with that consistency, you'll be good, and I know you're like, but Juju, like, I actually the problem is I can't be consistent, it's because I, like, it's so hard for me to get up every day, talk to the ancestors in the bed, talk to them wherever you are. If you feel like you can't be consistent with them, tell them. Just be honest. Say, I know y'all see what I'm going through. It's really hard for me to do, blah, 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 blah. But let them know that you're trying. In those moments that you do feel good and that you do feel capable and possible, just go and give them a little water, you know? Maybe if you had nine glasses of water and that's too much. I had a friend, she was like, it's too much. She's going through too much. I was like, girl, get one one big glass, you fine. If you can't take care of nine glasses of water on your altar, just put one one nice little glass on there. So that's less that you have to upkeep. When you do eat your little snacks, when you do get up for some water, throw them a little piece of candy, throw them a little piece of some something, something. They don't have to just eat cooked food, you can get them food from if you if you eat in McDonald's, some people and sisters like that. Put a little fry up there, you know. They n- come as you are in its truest form. Come as you are in the truest form, and lean on them, lean on them, cry to them, complain—all of that, all of that. I begin irritated with mine. i would be like, "Why would y'all?" And then, like, I when I tell y'all, my ancestors are my best friends. Best friends are, we laugh together, cry together, and we turn up with each other. I'm always respectful, but I turn up. I turn up. They're your friends. They're your family. Let them love, love, love on you. Um, Interestingly enough, I was supposed to go speak at a a university. (laughs) Even more interestingly enough, this is a university that I uh, dropped out of. (laughs) <laughs> uh my the one that I was at for psychology they actually invited me back to do a presentation about my spiritual work and my spiritual practices and you know blah 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 but like first of all full circle like I don't need y'all <laughs> y'all need me period but to to even just talk to psychologists and people who are studying to be psychologists about folks who have spiritual gifts and how sometimes it could look like something that you want to diagnose somebody for and like and so how do we I'm saying we like I'm a psychologist still but I'm a healer so how do we work with people like that how do we work with people who say that they hear spirits you know and how do we differentiate why is hearing spirits bad it should only be seen as bad if it's hindering your everyday life and and not allowing you to have your basic needs met, which Western psychology says that's their premise. Like, you know, uh, a mental illness is is a mental illness because it's inhibiting your day-to-day life in a negative way. But I find that that's not always true. It's not always about inhibiting your day-to-day life. Um, it's just the world around us not, has not been set up or curated for people who are experiencing sadness to feel that. Um, it has not been set up for people who hear or see spirits to actually be able and allowed to do that. Um, and I think I've talked about this before. Just lots of people not having the tools spiritually to be able to deal with their stuff. And so it manifests into mental health stuff when really this person probably just needed an elder and access to that and a community that supported that and to be able to talk to their parents about it or to be able to like say the things that they see or be able to like interpret their dreams but we don't live in a a society that cultivates that exploration and so we feel like trash you know we feel like Yeah, we feel like something's wrong with us. And shit, sometimes shit do be wrong. Shit be wrong with us, for sure. I'm not one of those people that think that mental health, you know, illnesses or whatever are made up. I don't think that. They're not made up. We're dealing with heavy shit every day. And impacts of heavy shit is real. And some of this stuff is being conflated And I feel like it's healers' jobs to help do some of that extraction of, is this being conflated for something else? Do you need a reading or do you, you know? And so just the fact that I was, like, invited to come talk about this means that there is a movement. The ancestors are moving and they're doing the work that we need to be able to get us together, to get us together. They're like, okay, y'all not coming to us no more. Okay, well, therapy is great. Let's infiltrate the therapist. Like, y'all, like, my old school really invited me. A whole-ass witch. And that's what they know. That's why they invited me, to be able to talk to people who are studying as doctors and, and therapists on how to treat people who might be showing up um, with certain gifts, actually. Or even just people who are showing up who are very religious, but in this standpoint. You know, people who trust spirit, people who... Follow that and follow the advice of divination and ain't going to do nothing without divination, i.e. me. I'm one of those people. Um, so, yeah, I just these these spiritual work is was placed here for us to use, but we have to use it and we can't run from it. We can't. Um, you can't. Well, you can be fearful of it, but you got to the fear ain't got nothing to do with the work that you have to do it don't fear got nothing to do with the action that you have to take we all have a responsibility for our own healing and that means that we have to use all the resources that we have and I'm just always pushing for the spiritual one because I feel like that's the one that always gets left out but we, we have to use it all or we're not going to be able to do the things that we need and want. And we're going to continue to create our own blockages or, um, as my godfather says, which <laughs> I don't love this phrase because what's wrong with being a witch? But like the witches within, meaning ain't nobody hexing you, ain't nobody cursing you, ain't nobody doing nothing to you. You actually just have witches within. You know, or maybe what people would call demons. Like, ain't no witch doing nothing to you You're the witch Don't be the witch If we're going to use that little phrase I Again I don't love that because Ain't nothing wrong being a witch within I'm a witch within But in the negative context of how people often use witch So Um Yeah I just I'm, I'm so glad that Drea told me to talk about that Regardless of what you are dealing with Regardless of what you are suffering with Spirit sees you and wants you to lean. But you have to call on them and you have to ask them, you have to be open. But so many of us when we're in these moments of deep feeling, feel what they're trying to say, communicate with them. When you have a moment to be able to get up and just say thank you to them, just say thank you. Say it from in your bed, cry to them. Let them know what you need. And figure out what you need to do to be able to get to that next place. Reaching out to loved ones. Reaching out, and I know that was hard for me because I ain't think I had any loved ones. I I ain't had no loved ones, you know. I did, but you know, in depression, yeah, and my manifested as like nobody loves me at all, which is why I wanted to die all the time because I was like, ain't no point living if I'm not loved. What the? What is the point of life? I, What's the point if I'm to walk in this life and not be loved by anyone? But that was a lie that I told myself and believed because of things that have happened to me and the ways that I perceived other people's relationships. I thought that's how mine was supposed to look and just all this stuff that some things I had to take responsibility for. Some things around obviously experiences that I've had, I can't take responsibility for them. Other people have to take responsibility to things that they've done to me. But then I have to take responsibility. But I always am responsible for my healing. I'm always responsible for that. And I'm the only person responsible for that. And I mean your ancestors because that's their job (laughs) to help us. So let them do their job, please. Don't be ashamed. You are you and you are beautiful and wonderful and you... Have the capacity to live the life that you want to live Tell yourself that like Tell yourself that right now I have the capacity to live the life That I want to live And so then we just gotta figure out how How do we get there But we have to start with you believing that you do Because you do and again, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to take a day. And it's not easy. And more tears will probably be shed in situations that you don't understand why they're happening. happening. But it was a process of rewiring that I had to experience and, not, and that I'm still experiencing to be able to Be where I am now to where the first thing that was something terrible happens to me is not wanting to kill myself. You know, a deep, deep process that had to happen. And so I just wish you all blessings on that journey and how. I don't know how we can be gentler with ourselves. But do not beat yourself up over being too depressed to to talk to your people. Please, y'all. Please, take, again, they take you as you are. But you gotta go to them in honesty and in truth and in transparency. And that's it. That's all they ask. Whew. Again, shout out to Drea. I appreciate you for this episode. I didn't even know I needed to talk about this, but I did. And so I hope that um, something was Helpful from this And that For the folks who have told me The variations of some of the things that I've named Around Not feeling like you're enough for your spirits You're absolutely enough Cause remember when you say you're not enough You're saying you're people and enough And baby do you know our history Psst, More than enough More than enough Capable as hell Possible as hell Resilient as fuck Present A God within. You are all of those things. You are all of those things. If ain't nobody told you in a long time, can't say nobody told you now because I'm telling you. um, And I'm not just saying it. I'm saying it because I mean it and because I care and because I need you. I need you. I really do. We need each other. This is a communal work. So we all... We all are in this together. This is never just about one person's healing. My healing is your healing, which is another person's healing, which is your cousin's healing, which is your mama's healing. We are connected. And I'm trying to go far with my people. And I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to be fast and be alone. I'm trying to go with my people and go far. What's the thing? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. I'm trying to go far. I'm trying to make sure that this work is, is, is passed down to future generations and that I'm not combing depression and trauma through the, through my child's hair. Cause I'm using the tools. I'm using the tools. I'm not trying to hold my, you know, when I'm at the point of carrying a child, I'm not trying to Give the trauma of my womb to my baby. I I just, I can't, I can't. I I cannot. Um, So thank you all. I appreciate you all. And yeah, I hope you, I hope, I hope someone, I hope this spoke to somebody. So thank you all for tuning in for another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. Again, if you want to um, hit me up. Well, not again, because I don't think I said this. You hit me up on Instagram, um, which is It's Juju I-T-S-J-J-B-A-E. I'm Juju Bay on Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter, and my Twitter is It's Juju as well. Um, I also want to say that if y'all are looking for me to come out to your schools to do talks, workshops on altar building and social work, mediumship, um, hoodoo, ifa, psychology stuff, I mean, whatever. I mean, in relation to spirituality, I'm totally down. I'm trying to get flued out. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to secure my bag all 2019. So if you're trying to help me secure a bag, if you want me to come out for conventions convenings, anything, hit me up in my email at thejujubee at Um, Also, feel free to send listener letters to thejujubee at um, or through my website at itsjujubee.com where I have some merch. All the merch that I want is sold out. So I'm thinking about bringing back Make Conjure Black Again hats. I thought it was the end of an era, but maybe it's not because people are still asking for them. Um, But I got some other stuff up there. You can book a divination with me on my site as well. And, um, boop, boop, boop. I think that's it. I love y'all. I appreciate you all. I pray that you have the best this week ever. I pray that you commit to your healing this week, your deep, deep, deep healing this week. And I pray that your ancestors, um, force you to feel their love and that you believe it because it is there and I know it's there. All right, y'all be blessed. Thank you. And remember, all you need
1: is a little... Juju. Later.